good evening and welcome. It's Scott Patterson here for your Friday night, welcoming you along to another Jersnet podcast. As always, you're very welcome. This is the Independent Rangers Football Club podcast by fans for fans. And as always, we thank you for joining us on our Friday night. Before we get into things, we should say hello to our partners across at Forest Precision Engineering, Zenith Coins and footballprizes.co.uk, who we'll do a little bit about um, as the pod goes on. First things first, very pleased to welcome Gary Valentine to the pod. Hi, Gary, how are you? I'm not bad, are you, mate? Yes, not bad, mate. Busy couple of weeks for, for you recently, hasn't it been? Yeah, wee man was one, turned one. So, wow. I would say, turn up a, a couple of weeks there. Organising parties and things like that, buying gifts, building gifts. Yeah. Been great fun. The prep for that is chock-a-block. I remember I've done it twice and um, it can be quite excitable for you and Mrs. Valentine as well. <laughs> uh, excitable, that's, that's the word we'll use. <laughs> so listen, before we get into um, prepping up for, for the game for tomorrow, huge game at Ibrox, of course, as everyone is. Um, but I think on the back and maybe the three results we've just recently had, um, it becomes that little bit more important. Um, huge week as well of course with, with Napoli coming for our first Champions League tie at Ibrox in 10 12 years even um, before we get into that it's obviously been a huge week for, for very sad reasons in the build up to, to the game um, and there's always moments where you're just really proud of your football club um, and I felt Wednesday night was a night where you kind of looked around and you saw everyone singing God Save the King prior to that with the wonderful display um and the in the broom loan, it was it was it was nice. If nice is the right word, Gary, I, I thought it was a it was a really fitting tribute on on Wednesday night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was lovely. I totally get a lot of people aren't uh, into the royal family and whatever, and Rangers stereotypically are. But um, I, I was really really proud of them. Uh, it was a really uh, touching, gave you goosebumps watching watching the silence and the night and uh, God save the king even though Ali McCoy's forgot the words and said <laughs> uh, well her may reign over us or whatever it was uh, yeah it was very good I, I mean it was, it was funny but obviously being at the game I came back and you're kind of Listen, you're, you're low when you come back because you're very aware you've just been beating Ibrox and no one likes to be beating Ibrox when you're coming back and you're, you're kind of scrolling through Twitter as you do and, and you hear you hear McCoy um, singing along loud as anyone. I mean, I, I don't know how close the, the sort of camera was and in proximity where he was, but you could hear him loud and proud. He was definitely going for it, wasn't he? So to begin with, I thought it was a fan and it wasn't until later <laughs> on that they mentioned that and I was just like, oh my God. So listen, before we get into it, um, the game as itself, I want to just do a little bit about the the performance. I felt that for, for 60 minutes of the game, um, and I think everyone is, is largely in the same boat, I think we matched them pound for pound. To be honest, we really did. I thought we played really well for an hour. Um, sending off completely changes the game, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. Uh, that's, right after the, the two games previously, which were really, really disappointing, and as I've said, said to friends in that, you're happy getting beat, but when you get beat in that manner, when basically the other team wants to win yeah. more than you, I'd, I just don't think there's any excuses, but um, the game midweek, I felt it was the total opposite. We looked like we wanted to win that. The, the boys ran their socks off and yeah, 3 nothing maybe looks like a bit, of a, a bit of a hiding, but I don't think it tells the full story of the game. So we more than matched them and considering what they done at Liverpool the week before, yeah. I think that's a, it was a really, really good performance. I hope that can maybe be a a bit of a, a turning corner, a turning the corner for us, should I say, uh, for the rest of the season. You know, I think you make a really good point. I, I, the, I fully agree with you when you say that if you're going to be beaten by a better team, you'll be beaten by a better team. If guys are technically better than you, they are going to beat you. Um, 
what I think as a Rangers player is completely non-negotiable is organisation and effort. Um, and for every time that you you sort of see the guys cross the white line, you expect that as a bare minimum. Um, and I think fairly, um, particularly in the trip to Celtic Park, they were criticised for appearing to not have much of either of those that afternoon. Um, the, I was going to say, sorry, Scott. The, the okay. thing that annoyed me more about the Celtic performance is that it was the exact same performance for February. Like, everybody I spoke to, kind of friends and whatever, we knew how Celtic were going to start that, that game. In your face, 100 mile an hour. It happened before. And it was yeah. as if the players weren't aware of that. Absolutely. And, and then uh, after the game, Gio to come out uh, and his, his post-match comments and say, that will never happen again. And then five days later, it happened again. Yeah. And that's because I was fearing the worst for, for the Napoli game. And uh, yeah. I, I was pleasantly surprised. And I, said, I, I felt like we were very unlucky for the penalty. Um, it, it was a penalty, I'm not no, no denying that, but I felt it was very unlucky. So the, if the guy touched the ball any other way, Sands would have got to the ball. Absolutely, yeah. And he uh, said, I was harsing and said that the, the goal that eventually they got was a penalty as well, which is the rules, but in, you get a shot for point blank range. There's Aye. no much you can do, do about that. No. But uh, yeah, so there was a lot of positives to take out. I think uh, 3 nothing flattered them towards the end, but the, the one kind of... Uh, defence will have for, for, for the team for Wednesday is we were one nothing down and a lot of teams would have maybe said we're down to 10 men we'll defend and just we'll see the game out we were still throwing our attackers we were still trying to get the league equaliser or even try and get 2-1 can remember just a couple of goals in the break but yeah. I, I'm, and uh, see they even Camaros that was, that was their fault again it wasn't we were never carved up I've said this a million times weren't they? we were never carved up it's always a, a mistake for us yeah, and then uh, again true. it was a Camaro's one was certainly a mistake. Yeah. No, listen, you're absolutely right. Before we get into that, a couple of things that we, we should say um, and a, a couple of things I want to focus on. Great to see Alfredo Morelos back. Um, huge for, I think, the, the ensuing weeks and the ensuing Champions League games that are, are coming up just around the corner. I wonder if he, if he has more game time in his leg or that chance that comes to him really early on in the game comes maybe 10, 15 minutes later um, if he scores that. Yeah, and Alfredo Morelos last season probably would have, yeah. would have put that away. It was, uh, well, listen, it's, he's been out for, for quite a while. I'm not going to blame him for that, but he, he certainly, I'd say he answered a lot of maybe doubters, me being one of them, thinking is his attitude right. And yeah. Kind of the way he was at the, the Hibernian game, I thought he looked out of shape. Felt his attitude was was stinking, but he certainly uh, he seemed to prove that it was his attitude was was right again. So he looked a lot leaner as well. So I'm hoping yeah. that's a a good sign as well for the rest of the season because as well as Kolak's done an unfit uh, on form. Sorry, Morelos is uh, the best striker we've got, and we need to have him firing all cylinders. Yeah, one hundred percent. I fully agree with you. I- Listen, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where we'll see Morelos and Cholak at the same time playing because I don't think it, it, it sort of ties in with the, the formula that Gio thinks it, is going to work. It's always going to be one or the other. I, I think you will see for, for the bigger games, I do think Morelos will be the go-to guy. Um, and you can understand that based on what we know and what we've seen previously. Um, I do feel Cholak was maybe a bit unlucky to miss out because I think he's been in really good form and he has started his Rangers career really, really well. Um, I want to do a little bit about our goalkeeping situation, which I know has been done to death, left, right and centre, and everyone's had a, a, a piece to say on it. Um, McLaughlin got injured 
during the week by all accounts around about the same time he was selected to play for Scotland which is a bit irony in itself um, I was really chuffed to see Alan McGregor come back in I, I mean I have to be honest um, and I, I, it's easy to give the goalkeeper a doing we've both played football so they're, they're the, the sort of very last line of defence and if they have bad days um, they are the ones that get it in the neck Frankie who will be doing the directing in the background they'll be doing things to scream as we say that. However, it's true. That these are the guys that, that ultimately do get it. I, I do think that, um, I don't rather think that McLaughlin started the season very well and McGregor, um, based on what we know probably historically and a bit of romanticising about it, um, is and should be the Rangers number one for me moving forward, I think now, Gary. Yeah, uh, I, I, I still think McGregor's the best keeper in the country, let alone the best keeper at Rangers. Um, yeah. So I was happy for him to come in. Last season, when we were, sorry, the, the season that we won the, the championship, yeah. when McLaughlin played, I think it was the first seven games, kept the clean sheets, played well. He, he, he can't argue with that, even though McGregor was fit at that point. Aye. But there's been something just no right this year in McLaughlin. Even to the, the Celtic semi-final when he was commanding and, and things like that, and people were like, okay, McGregor's not doing that, but he's doing that. And you could see maybe a, he's got a bit of confidence in the defence. Yeah. But um, this season, there's a son no being right. He's not been as commanding. He's no, he's made a couple of mistakes. The Rangers goalkeepers survive losing seven goals in two games. I don't think they do. And if you were to, if you were to turn it to another, any other position, be a striker we talked about Cholak and Morelos did McGregor take his chance in midweek I think he did Yeah. so so for me he's got to he's, he's got to at least start tomorrow if not be number one going forward yeah absolutely I mean I, I found it bizarre I, I think it was um, sorry our own uh, Doogie Kinnear who jumped onto Twitter and, and said something along the lines of isn't it bizarre that, that Alan McGregor is basically playing for a jersey when he, he's went for so long just naturally being the number one um, and it was like on Wednesday night you knew I need to play with my skin here if I want to play against Dundee United at the weekend just unheard of absolutely incredible but um, I, I still find it quite strange like that the whole situation I'm in this summer because can, by all accounts he kind of said his goodbyes uh, after the Scottish Cup final and can everybody thought that was him and then yeah. can he, he signs for another year and you're like is he really going to Basically, a number two, can it? Uh, well, you wouldn't think McGregor would do that. So, fair played that he has done it. But I don't get the impression that they both started off at a level playing field, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They said, right, play friendlies, we'll see who's the, the best keeper. I think it's McLaughlin's always been penciled in as the number one for the start yeah. of the season. And I, I, I don't understand that. Uh, I said previously, I don't know if maybe we've got to rein a goalkeeper that's possible a contract or something. So, we asked yeah. McGregor to stay on. I, I'm just uh, that's just guesswork on my behalf but uh, if we're going to be the, the foreign goalkeeper or the best ability wise I still think McGregor like that goalkeeper yeah he's made mistakes but what goalkeeper doesn't he yeah I mean I, I feel like, unquip, like in my opinion unquestionably um, the best goalkeeper we have um, I, I don't think there's I'm, I'm in the same boat as you as far as um, quality up and down the country I don't think there's anyone close to him um, and I, I've actually said previously um, that I do think he's, he's certainly the best goalkeeper that I've ever seen play for Rangers and I include the late Andy Gorham in that um, which is a, a, a big statement in itself um, listen Napoli were really good on the night Gary I thought I, I thought um, 
far better than anything we've seen at Ibrox last season in the Europa League run. The way they kept the ball, the way they passed the ball around, um, their transition I thought was 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 first class. I think the last time that I've seen, um, I feel in the last half hour we got a bit of a chasing a little bit, and I think it was more down to the fact that we were a man down. To be perfectly yeah. honest, but it was reminiscent of the Bayer Leverkusen game under Gerard when they had Kai Havertz playing with them and I thought that night we got an absolute doing for the duration um, and I just felt that I felt Napoli over the piece were, were better than Leverkusen generally from minute one to, to minute 90 um, I just feel you see a, a huge step up in class from even playing your Dortmunds and your Leipzigs Frankfurt last year um, we're now right in amongst the big boys and the quality's telling yeah, definitely. Listen, we're, we're not kidding ourselves. We, we knew when we qualified for the Champions League, but we're there for uh, the, the money. Obviously, we're in with the big boys where you want to be. Yeah. There, there was nobody saying, oh, we're going to can qualify for the last 16 or anything like that. We, we, but anybody I spoke to anyway was realistic to say, if you get third, drop into the Europa League, you've got it's the good. money. So we're keeping kind of uh, on the tails of Celtic. Uh, we'd be quite happy. So I, as, as I said, the, the results... Didn't anger me. It was the the the, the performances, yeah. especially against Ajax, that upset me more. I, I, I'd, I'll get so see a million times. I, I didn't care about getting beat by a better team, but when yeah. it's the attitude's no wrong, uh, no right, and for playing for Rangers, your attitude can never be right. It uh, never be wrong. Sorry. Aye, no. Listen, as I say, I think you're absolutely right. I want to do a little bit about um, each of the, the Napoli goals if we can. We've covered them very sort of briefly. Um, first one. The, the penalty was just a, it was just a bizarre sort of sequence of of two or three minutes. To be perfectly honest, we we know that um, Sands gets his second yellow and he's sent off. They have the penalty. Um, step up, McGregor, great save down to his right hand side, and I think it was Politano who followed it in. Um, and at that point, you think, oh goodness, one 0 down, raging. McGregor's made a great save. They were still first to the ball after McGregor palms it out, which was really frustrating. Um, and then there's sort of 40 seconds of real uncertainty. Certainly where I was in the main stand, there was real uncertainty about, well, what's actually going on here? Because no one's really making moves back to the centre circle to start again. Um, and then the next thing, you know, there's a retake and there was murmurs around me that um, McGregor had jumped off his line early or the Napoli guy had moved into the box early. I'm brutal honesty, even now, I'm still not sure which came first. I don't know if it was clear for you. Well, according to the television, at the time, during the game, they didn't really know what the yeah. rules were. It was actually Tavernier and the Napoli player were both in the box when the penalty was struck. Right, okay. If it just been an Napoli player, it would have been a fill with Rangers. Absolutely. Because it was a Rangers player as well. Um, that's why they got the retake. But to, to me, it's still bizarre. Like Alan McGregor saves the penalty and then you're basically punished again. <laughs> like if, 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 I don't know what would happen if you'd missed the penalty. Would you need to? Would you get to take it again? I don't know. But and listen, the, the retake is. I mean, one thing you can always rely on from Alan McGregor is he'll save you a penalty. Um, I mean, you look back to you know, Samaras, same same end of the ground, um, saved that afternoon. Always remember it. Um, He's always going to be good for, for getting his hands on these penalties. Of course, he saved the retake. Great save. Um, three or four, maybe even five minutes later, of course, they get another penalty when the ball sort of is driven towards Barisic. Um, 
hits his elbow. I dare say by the letter of the law, it's a penalty and he's very close to saving the next one, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he gets his fingers set, definitely. Aye. I was so infuriating. You know, where I sit on the ground, um, it, it looked like he actually had a, not a good grip of it, but enough of just to change the direction of the ball so you could see. It was like, oh, he was so close to me. I mean, three penalty saves, it would be unheard of in a night Ibrox, particularly in Europe, can oh, you I imagine? Know, I know, And it would probably tease cause uh, no harm at all to be number one again. Absolutely. And listen, that was so. That was 66 minutes or so. As I say, we, we'd lost um, Big Sands about five minutes or so beforehand. Um, and we held on well. I think it is a good point. It would have been easy for Giovanni just to throw the, the sort of defenders on and try and lock things up keep it tight and make sure we, we didn't lose any more. Um, McGregor makes another couple of good saves after that, but I felt we did, we tried to maintain that philosophy of um, keeping the ball, trying to progress up the pitch, trying to give them something to think about and trying to be difficult and in their faces. It's difficult when you've got a man off the pitch and there's there's no two ways against that, against a, a big team that are currently leading Serie A, let's not forget. Um I do feel Glenn Kamara was shown up quite badly for both the second and the third goals, which really disappoints me. And I can't help but think you're talking about a player now that has had his head turned by the speculation that's just passed there in the summer. I'm not sure about that, but I just think that getting it, out the team as he has switched on is what he maybe should be. Can like, that's valid, I, yeah, I, 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 I all know Glenn Kamara's an absolute cracking player. And uh, can I, I, I'm surprised he didn't go after the Euros, to be honest, because I felt that that was probably... He had a cracking tournament and I thought he would have went. I'm still yeah. surprised he's worse, to be honest. Aye. But he obviously isn't the first name on the team sheet for, for Van Bronckhurst. Seems to prefer Lundstrom, Davies and Jack over him. Yeah. So like, we've got a really good player there. We should maybe cashed in um, and then in the, the summer window there. But yeah, it was, it was a pure goal. He, he switched off. Kinda, I think he'd, he'd even argue with that. Yeah. I mean, I felt the um, of the two, the second goal I felt was quite a, a really well worked goal. To be honest with you, nice retouch passing. But I mean, they're doing a one-two right at the edge of the box, yeah. and they're in on McGregor at that point. Um, as I say, five minutes to go. It's a lovely finish by Raspadori. Um, and again, I mean, right at the death, Kamara gets caught out in no man's land, trying to sort of play around with the ball. Um, the big boy Angisa who I felt was absolutely incredible all evening. He was brilliant. Best player on the pitch by quite a distance. Um, tease it up for Ndombele, who's on loan from Spurs, which again speaks to the point about how we're dining at the at the table where these guys can go and lift loan players from top clubs in and yeah. around Europe and bring them off the bench, by the way. Not even start them. Involve them as and when they need. It was a great finish by Ndombele to put them 3 nothing up. Yeah, but we're, we're talking about a, a team that we were playing that they had the, the new Maradona, as they were saying <laughs> it. Like that. How do you compete with that? Absolutely. But oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they, we, we totally know what, what level we're at. Nobody was kidding, kidding ourselves on when we, we qualified. We knew it was going to be difficult. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. It is yeah. what it is. We, 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 we are probably a Europa League team. But Champions League football is where the big boys are, and that's where we want to be. But Sometimes you take a couple of sore ones. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, there's no doubt, it's certainly where the the big financial packages are being thrown about. And I, I think that's an argument for another pod, frankly, but it's definitely the, the, the pond where the clubs are spending big money on players. And that, sorry, out with 
Scottish football, of course, you know what I mean? But um, I think that's a given. Listen, before we get into um, Geo post-match, because he, he said a couple of things and there was a couple of things in our selection that I want to go over. should say a big hello to our friends at Forest Precision Engineering. Subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company have been a big commercial supporter of the club for many years now and we're very happy that they are partnering with us at Jersnet for this season. You can visit their website, all W's, forestprecisionengineering.com. Sorry, eng.com. That should be, I'll do that again. www.forestprecisioneng.com. They have an executive lounge in the, the main stand, which you can look to book. Fantastic experience for you and maybe your mates if you fancy a nice wee day out or if you fancy treating the missies, you can email the club, hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Stunning venue, I certainly recommend you do it. Gary, um, post-match, Gio was asked about the fact that none of his seven signings that he's brought in in the summer started, albeit one or two of them through injury currently. Some have been injured. Others just don't seem to be figuring as much as you'd maybe expect, particularly you look at guys like Yilmaz and Matondo. Davies, who we know has been injured, but these three have had outlay put on them quite decent outlay for Rangers more so when you consider what we've put out previously um, he was a wee bit prickly when he was asked about why these guys hadn't been playing and he was very quick to, to say that Ben Davies certainly um, has been injured wasn't fit if he's on the bench I would argue he's fit enough to play and the fact that he brings on Lee, Leon King ahead of Davies would suggest that maybe he just thinks that Leon King may be a better option than Davies yeah, quite possibly. I certainly, uh, I didn't know Davies was on the bench until after the match. So <laughs> I, I was the first question I asked myself was, why is he bringing on a 17, 18 year old? And that, that, uh, it was very game. good when he came on, by the way. I thought it was good when he came on. That's right. He went for a, a header at a corner and I couldn't believe that he was about the same size as Conor Goldson. <laughs> for an 18 year old lad, he's some size. He's a huge boy. But uh, I, to, to get back to your question, I, I totally I agree with uh, that him being asked that question because like, like we're in a situation where was it nine of the players were Gerard's first season. Yep. And before Lundstrom, the he was a free transfer. Yep. And Sans who's a loan player. Yeah. We've been crying out for the same kind of player for yep. four years. A right winger and a, a and a kind of attacking midfielder. Yeah, agreed. And we, and we are still looking for those players. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's for me, it's incredible to think that we could get to to January, um, and the first thing that people are going to ask for in January is exactly what they've been asking in the last three or four windows. I think, I mean, it is incredible, and a, it's a debate for a podcast in itself, to be perfectly honest with you. But the fact that we don't have an eight who can sort of break lines, etc., and the fact that we don't have a right a, a right winger, a guy that can knock the ball on the outside the left back, run beyond them and cross it, I think is incredible. Yeah, I was always trying to uh, defend their recruitment a wee bit, saying, can we maybe have a glass ceiling when it came to uh, recruitment? Can yeah. we, we're a Europe, Europa League team. Uh, we're kind of getting like for like players and things like that. And I, 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 that's what I thought at the time. But now we're not. Now we've sold the players for big money. We're in the Champions League. So I'd like to know where that kind of spending is. Yeah, and it's, 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 see, transfer fees don't bother me. Can, we've seen scouting is good enough that you can bring in players for 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 a uh, low money. Yeah, but the the players that are coming in should be starting, and they're not. Correct. Like, I, I don't talk, talk about that, uh, the left back. 
who we've signed for quite a bit of money, especially for Rangers. Yeah, I think that kind of money would be a f- first pick for Rangers. Absolutely, I've hardly seen him. But on the other hand, it's gave Borna a bit of kick up the arse, which he's been needing. And I, I think it's worked because Barisic yeah. has been playing well. He has yeah, been definitely. Well. Um, um, but we can say the same for Matonda. We thought he'd come in, and he's not really done much to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then we're relied to once again playing either Arfield out of position on the right, playing Tillman out in the right. Yeah. Uh, I feel Tillman started quite well, but he's fell away a wee bit the last couple of years. I thought it was pretty quiet against Celtic and Ajax. Yeah. Probably justifiably dropped or um, didn't start midweek. But I, I think it's a, I don't say it's a problem, but it, it, says, it, it says a lot, yeah. It says a lot that he's kind of going back to the old guard, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, I, I remember when, um, when we were going for 10 in a row under Walter Smith, he signed all these new players and everything. And when the shit started hitting the fan, he went back to the McCoists and Aye. you know the older guys. Absolutely. You, you just wonder, obviously these guys have been there, they've done it, they've been at the, the club for quite a while now. And you just think he's gone with the guys that know what it's all about. Yeah. And But see, the question should be asked because it, there was somebody put a big list of the players that Ross Wilson had brought in since it came to Rangers. And I think only Lundstrom's like played, I see it was 20 games or something like that. So only one player, that's, that's crazy. We're still, and it's, it's not that it's, it's bad players that we've got and, and that are playing the now. It's the fact that we should be looking to improve season on season. We're not doing yeah. that. We're standing still. And uh, I think I put it on Twitter last week. We were in a position there to we were miles ahead of Celtic. We've not improved. Celtic no. have spent money and improved, and now they're yeah, arguably further ahead than us. Yeah, and listen, what you say speak, it speaks to the next point I was going to make. Um, Jordan Campbell, um, who who does bits and pieces as the Rangers correspondent for The Athletic, put something in Twitter which, which I thought was a real eye-opener for me. Um, and it was that Rangers had started the first home game of the 2022 Champions League campaign with a 2018 midfield of Davis, Arfield and Jack. Um, that certainly doesn't scream progression. I think That's you're absolutely right. transfers as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, I think in the first instance, and I must stress, we're not doubting the, the quality of these guys or how much of a the, the servancy has been to the club. It's been equally um, excellent. However, um, I think as support, we, we're, we're now at a stage where we're expecting progression and we're expecting not even better, but we're, we're just looking for for something to happen. So we're not relying on the old guard that you refer to. We, we can't continue to go to guys like Stephen Davis and ask him to sort of go to the well again this weekend and then next Wednesday and then the following weekend you just you're not going to get that you're just not going to get it um, and I think it's interesting that you speak about Ross Wilson um, I think there has been a lot of um, criticism directed at, at Geo um, listen we all know how, how this goes if, if it doesn't go according to plan the players will never get bumped but Giovanni Van Bronckhorst certainly will I just wonder if there will be a, a change in that, in the sense that Ross Wilson may step down before Gio because there's certainly a swelling of um, groaning and um, murmurs of disapproval um, towards him just now, isn't there? There seems to be, yeah. And like, I, I know Ross personally, so it's kind of, I don't like kind of speaking bad of him. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, you, you see it, can you, you see things on, on social media when you speak to workmates and things like that. And, and 
I've tried to defend defend a lot of the things I've done, and as I say, glass ceiling things like with transfers. But then it's it's beginning to be a bigger picture now, and you start and you've got more evidence. And you do start to ask some questions. Like I, I, just, I think it's an absolute head scratcher that we've not got any Dutch players signed. Like yeah, player, players that that the Gio would know, that Roy McKay would know, things like that. Absolutely. That's, you just think that'd be like an obvious thing, like not to compare us to Celtic, but obviously because it's the, the, the rivals you, you do, but Postacoglu came in, they brought in guys from Japan, guys that he, he, he knows. knew and he was familiar with. Absolutely. But, and you'd think, can Van Bronckhorst would say, listen, I know uh, uh, this guy from Holland that's maybe no worked out for him and blah, 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 blah. And they could have brought him in to a wee punt on him, but th- there was nothing. And I, I just... And it's, it's, I, it's just a bit strange. No? Do you know that way? I, I think that speaks to the point over the understanding of what Ross Wilson's role actually is. So is Ross Wilson identifying players and going to Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and saying, listen, I've got half a dozen players here. What do you think? Do you fancy them? If so, we can progress. Or is Giovanni going to um, Ross Wilson saying, I want that guy, that guy and that guy, go and make it happen? One of these scenarios yeah. you would imagine has to be has to be right and I, I think at the moment we're slap bang in the middle of both do you know what I mean? Yes I, I, obviously it's football's changing and things like that it is, can it, it's, we probably are going down the route of the, the, the NFL kind of thing that a, a coach is given a squad of players and says yeah. make a winning team for that Aye. and maybe the coach doesn't know much I say but like, like you, a manager's got to trust players and know players and things like that and in my opinion because maybe an old fashioned opinion but certainly, um, it's like when Walter Smith came back in 2007, he came in, it was guys he knew that he brought in. Yep. And guys that he'd worked with, with Scotland before. And Solid with, pros. Yeah, and, and, but it was, it was guys that he could trust and guys that he knew what they could do. Yeah. Getting Van Bronckhurst, a player that's maybe good on paper, stats or whatever, or you know, all these different things that they, they look at now and, uh, and saying, oh, that this guy can do this. But on a training park, they're obviously no, because he's still going to a Borna Barisic or he's still going to Connor Goldson or he's playing James Sands who isn't even a centre half yeah and you're like the son just no right there but uh, we said this about Lundstrom last year and it proved us wrong yeah so I say that, I've said that before as well I, I want to be proven wrong anytime I criticise Rangers I want I want to be wrong yeah but uh, yeah it's not looking good so far no, it really isn't. Um, listen, before we get into the game tomorrow, let's say hello to our friends at Zenith Coins, the official club coin provider. Um, each gold-plated coin has a unique serial number engraved on the outer rim and comes complete with a certificate of authenticity. Um, many, many people have these coins. Now, Rangers legends, including McCoy, Johnston, Marvin Andrews has got himself some. The world's strongest man, Tom Stoltman, has got one. The world's greatest chef, Gordon Ramsay, has one. Um, and everyone is really picking these up. If you haven't seen them, I recommend you do. Jump onto their website, which is all the wzenithcoins.com. Com. Um, Gary, we played Dundee United four times last season, um, beat them twice, lost once at Tannadice and drew once at Tannadice. So we didn't go up there and beat them. However, we did beat them 3 0 in aggregate um, over the piece at Ibrox. They are currently in a bit of a transition. Of course, manager less caretaker manager Liam Fox is looking after them just now, although we believe they are um, looking at a point in a permanent person at some point next week uh, um, ex-player Kevin Thompson looks to be um, there or thereabouts as, as, as far as that's concerned um, they've came in the back of some real heavy scuddings recently 
you know what I mean? Nine nothing in their own patch, pumped away in, in Holland at Alkmaar, I think it was. Um, considering they're in such a mess, we really need to see that as an opportunity to capitalise on tomorrow and, and really, do you know what I mean? Four, five, nothing should be the minimum, I think we expect. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's what the fans should be expecting um, because a, 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 a scrappy 1 0. Disney do it. Doesn't do it for us. Yes. No. We, as a support, we need to see a serious change for, for the last few games. Yeah. Um. I, I, I want to see guys running their cell into the ground, smelling a bit of blood, and keep going. Absolutely. And if we are realistic about winning the league, can goal differences is important. Yeah. And there, there's too many times in the last few years that we've been happy just being a goal up or whatever, and it's ended up costing us with stupid mistakes. If you're on top, we need to start taking these chances and putting teams away. And yeah. for me, for, this is a criticism even under Gerard. I just think we've done it enough. We need to we really need to start doing that because you see uh, Celtic when they're on top, they never stop. Mm-hmm. They, they keep going and getting that. That's why they, they batter in the goals. Yeah, because because they're never happy with a four or five. They just Correct. if they can get six or seven, they'll go for it. And it's funny, you know, because one word that we we've heard over the last couple of years um, associated with Rangers has been relentless. Um, and it seems to be something that's only used off the pitch. It, it, for me, it doesn't seem to be something that the players sort of take on board. They don't grab games by the scruff of the neck. And I know that sounds really, really stereotypical, but they don't. You refer to Celtic and how they seem to always continue to find another gear. Um, I think Celtic have always done that, to be fair. It's not just something under uh, Postacoglu. Even in the past, Celtic always seem to score loads of goals and yeah. Rangers always seem to be a bit more like one nils, two ones, things like that. But we, we won. We always won the games. Yeah, yeah. Even uh, when we won the uh, fifty-five, I felt that um, that a lot of games were one nil, and, and I'm not saying we scraped a lot of games, but there was a, a a lot of times that if luck hadn't been on our side, we could have dropped points. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, that's, I think that's been a historical thing for us. It's very rare that we'll we'll scud a team, whereas I think. Uh, Especially like Parkhead Celtic, I'll, I'll, I'll go for the juggler a bit. Aye. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's something we really need to start doing. And especially after the last few weeks we've had, I think that's it'd be a good uh, statement to make if we're serious about, or certainly if Van Bronckers is serious about keeping his job long term. Yeah. So at the minute, there is question marks there. No, I, listen, I think, it's, I think it's a really good point. I, I, I mean, you refer to Gio want to, to stay in the job long term. I think that the sort of the the period between now and the break for the World Cup is really really important for him. Um, big games to come, you know. What I mean, we need to go to Tynecastle. I I assume the the missed Petodre challenge from last weekend will be squeezed in between now and then. The Champions League games will continue to come thick and fast against better quality than what we're used to playing on a, a weekly basis. Um, I think the next time the next Champions League tie we're down at, um, at Anfield. Which is, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, is one that we'll need to park ourselves behind the sofa to watch because it's not one I'm looking forward to at all. Um, so yeah, you're right. Starting tomorrow, I think Giovanni has to find a way to scud the teams that we should be scudding and the teams that Celtic are scudding. Because for as long as we don't do that, um, the league this season will be will be hard to to wrestle back. I feel, to be honest. Yeah. Totally agree, and, and it's it's been since 2018 when Gerard came in. And that's we kind of drew a line in the sand with what had happened previously, and, and that was kind of when we 
we began to look more like a, a Rangers team. Beating Celtic's never been the problem. It's been beating everybody else. Yeah. Because we've time after time I've shot ourselves in the foot, last minute goals and uh, teams that we should be beating, not putting them away. And Bath that one season at 55, it seems like we've never learned any lessons. It is the same squad of players. Yeah. So it says we've can nine players for to that team at, at midweek were were there in Gerard's first season. So it's yeah. the same players and they didn't seem to be learning. Now that's what really, really frustrates me. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. I think the, um, you know, you, as you say, we're kind of we're losing games in the same way with the same players. It, it, it's it's ridiculous, frankly. It just is. It's just it's ridiculous. It's hard to take. And um, listen on the game tomorrow. Um, give me your team selection and a score prediction. Why don't you? Uh, I would go with the team that started midweek, but purely because I don't think Sands is a centre half. I'd like to see Leon King given a chance. Okay, uh, would you keep Sands in? Uh, no, no, I'd play the, the, the same team bar Sands for King. Okay. And the yeah. score prediction? 3 0. Yeah, I mean, I think that's quite fair. One, I would be interested to see tomorrow. I, I think he may start Leon King tomorrow because I think when he's been involved so far this season, I think he's he's equipped himself really well. Um, it's, it's a bit unfair putting him in um, when we're pretty much the game's over um, but a, a, a beaten point of view so it'd be good to see him for the start um, and it shouldn't be too much a challenge I say that we'll, we'll end up getting beat but um, <laughs> yeah I'd like to see him be given a chance so they, they talk about the academy we've seen how Lowry's done yep. King's never looked at a place when he's came in either so yeah you'd be given a chance yeah and uh, listen I, I I think your team I don't think you'd be a million miles off that um, I, 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 I think you may see Matondo potentially start tomorrow, maybe off the off the right hand side. Um, just let's see what he's like. To see see if he see if he's maybe the 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 problem solving um, right winger that we've been looking for for so long. Um, and I listen. I, I don't even if I'm as confident as three nothing tomorrow. I think we'll get three points. I do. I think we'll get three points. We need to but get three points. I think absolutely. over. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think if we don't get three points, it then opens up a different debate as to the direction that we're travelling in just now and how we we stop that and we, we kind of stunt the slope a little bit. Can I ask you a question, Scott? Of course you can. Since you're usually asking me the questions, do you <laughs> think we've went backwards since we won the league on, under Gerard? 100%. 100%. Um, now, let me think. Maybe 100 Can I retract that? I don't know if we went backward, but I don't think we've improved. So I think we've stood still, effectively. I, I don't think we've improved in positions we, we should have improved in. Maybe naively enough, I felt that we had enough money to, to do that. I, I, I feel there's, there's surely money that's came into the club that we have been able to um, improve certain bits of the playing squad. Now, whether that money has went on stadium improvement um, personnel improvement because all these people that have came in need to get paid etc I, I, listen I don't know um, I don't think we've improved I think we've stood still and we shouldn't have frankly I, I think we should have we should be in a better position than we're in now I think to be honest um, last season was enormously disappointing um, and while sorry we, we had the, the issue at Hibs we will call them, sort of throwing one in. Um, the sort of last three games since that, Celtic, um, Ajax and Napoli, you can't, if you look back at the record books in five years' time, Rangers haven't scored a goal in three games and conceded 11. 
that's where the records will show it won't show how good they played for an hour against Napoli or how Ajax were really good it, it only refers to results and um, that's what wins or loses people jobs um, and if Giovanni can't change it it'll be the it'll be what loses him his job I'm afraid and when he came in I was delighted and listen I'm not calling for a second for him to go but he's he's jacket's on a shugly peg without sounding like my grandfather yeah it really is um i i think he's 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 in dangerous waters just now and he needs something to change um and it has to start tomorrow as far as i'm concerned yeah there what i wouldn't like him to do is be too stubborn about changing things because yeah. i felt i felt last season there's a wee spell where like for example tavernier wasn't getting his forward as much and you were yeah. like can he's been told not to attack and then there was just a kind of one game that just changed and we did play really well. Yeah. Uh, but it possibly was the Dortmund away game. But it was just a game and you could see, kind of, there's something here, there's a wee bit of, kind of, we could see what he's doing here, whether it was yeah. Lundstrom dropping back into a back three, kind of, they were getting a bit more attacking. But then I think we've, this season we've just went back to square one again. And I just, and after the, 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 the Scottish Cup win, that run in Europe last year, you just think, that was something to build on, I think. I've done it again. No, no. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. Interesting you speak about Tavernier. He was playing so advanced on Wednesday night. It was incredible. Lundstrom was playing almost like an inverted right back for the, certainly the best part of the first half. Um, and Tav looks great in that sort of advanced role. And I've seen people say, you know, should we try him at right wing? And it's poo-hooed a little bit because he's a defender. Um, but when you see him in full flow, on that, on that right hand side and then you think about the guys that have played there previously over the last couple of years your Scott Wrights your Arfield your Diallos do you know what I mean is, is James Tavernier a worse option than any of these guys I'm, I need to be convinced the thing I, I like about Tavernier and the way he plays is he can he can run feet deep and overlap correct which causes problems whereas I think if you're a a, a winger you're kind of already up there so you're Aye. starting for a standing position if that makes sense yeah absolutely so I think it's easier to get picked up by a, a left back or whoever on the other side whereas if you're you're running for deep and you've maybe got two guys to worry about being a full back I think that's Aye. That, that, that uh, does him a lot of favours to get that extra space and listen he must he must love it when Tom Lawrence plays ahead of him because Tom Lawrence has that clever clever knack to just all of a sudden sit very narrow which pulls in the left back and allows Tav to just bomb up the right hand side so um, I, I, I think sorry I think uh, Tom Lawrence is, uh, as we said about improving uh, the team and things like that he's somebody that you, you look at and you say he could replace Scott Arfield going going forward yeah. he's, he's got that that knack of getting beyond the striker and, and, and being causing problems scoring goals and that's that's the players you want to see like there's not only the way we play, but you just want to see a bit of progression. Yeah. To me, he's the only one that actually looks like somebody go, oh, I can see where, where he's going to fit. Yeah, absolutely. No, listen, you're absolutely right. Listen, before I let you disappear for the night, we should say that um, the club have announced that they will do further tributes tomorrow um, to Queen Elizabeth II after our tragic passing last week um, at the match tomorrow. If you are heading through to the game um, to, to catch those, if they're as spectacular as they were on Wednesday, you didn't have the opportunity to go on Wednesday, but you are going tomorrow. I recommend you get there as sharp as you can. So you can take it all in. It really is remarkable to see and be there um, and hear it all around you. I, I, I recommend it if you get a chance to go. 
should say our final partners, the football prizes guys, have the Gaza signed top £3.95 for a ticket. Jump on to their website, all the W's, footballprizes.co.uk. Excellent stuff. Um, Gary, thoroughly enjoyed having you on, my friend. How are you? you, you is that okay for you? Good Friday night? Yeah, it's been brilliant, eh? <laughs> I, I never told you what happened. The reason I was five minutes late when I Go came back to the football, the wife was in the bath and she looked the back door. Oops. <laughs> so I chapped, the dog went off, woke up the baby. <laughs> so I, I wasn't the most popular person, so that's why I was five minutes before we started. So you're, you're literally in the doghouse, are you? Goodness um, me. She's up to her bed, I'm doing here. Goodness <laughs> me. So we should say on Sunday night for the, um, the Dundee United um, review, hopefully, a convincing victory Dundee United review Craig Gray is back and he's joined by Brian Archer and a special guest appearance by Ross Bennett who comes back for, for Sunday night which is excellent news we look forward to, to seeing that and hearing the guys on Sunday night from 9.30 Gary thanks very much enjoyed having you on thanks Thank you. to Stuart Franklin for doing all the bits and pieces in the background for look, making us look nice and pretty I'm assured um, join the guys on Sunday night enjoy the weekend good luck to Rangers tomorrow thanks for watching good night <laughs>